Hey everybody, welcome back to the Introversion Podcast. Today I'm joined by my cousin's wife, who I believe is my either my cousin-in-law or my second cousin. I'm not quite sure the exact terminology on that, but <laughs> I always feel like cousin-in-law is probably the safest, correct term to go with. So That's what I would say, cousin-in-law. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so today uh, we're joined by my cousin-in-law, Lydia. And uh, Lydia, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Cool. I'm really excited. <laughs> yeah, me, me too. Me too. Um, before we get started, I just want to make sure... Uh, very important. Um, so we're, we're on a remote call here, so I can't actually see you, but I just want to make sure before we get started, you, you are wearing a mask right now, right? Because we cannot, we cannot continue uh, unless you're you... are wearing a mask right now. <laughs> I am not wearing a mask <laughs> and I will not be wearing a mask. <laughs> it's be so the, no. The I... world's shortest I... podcast episode. Oh, thank you everybody thank you. for tuning in and that was that. That was that. <laughs> Peace, I'm out. <laughs> yeah, so we will uh, we will return to the subject of mass uh, at some point. I'm sure tonight. So, I guess I, I should start out with the uh, the most obvious question, <clears throat> the most important question on everyone's mind, which is uh, first I have to ask you, Lydia, will you denounce white supremacy? <laughs> <laughs> I will absolutely denounce white supremacy. Okay. And I also believe that the Trumpster has denounced white supremacy numerous times. Yeah. So, yeah, I yeah. do. I do believe that he has. So it, it, it may not um, be something that is easy uh, for people to believe. But I think if you really research and look, there are numerous clips out there where he denounced white supremacy. And I most definitely denounce white supremacy. In fact, just a very quick tidbit about myself. I grew up in the South um, and you probably don't know this about me. Um, uh, but, you know, growing up in North Carolina in a very small town at a very young age, um, I was uh, exposed to KKK and mm. I have a very clear memory of them marching in our town. Um, they had like a I don't think it was an official parade. I don't think that they were being welcomed there. And my mother and I were uh, trying to do some business on that street at a jewelry store. And I remember being handed a ruler. It was a wooden ruler, like a you know, 12 inch ruler, like a kid would take to school in elementary school. And I'll never forget my mother snatching it from my hand, breaking it and throwing it back at the guy and taking my hand and, you know, scooting me off into the store. And that was my very, 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 very first experience or, um, wait, they gave exposure. you, they gave you a ruler. Yeah. They were giving out rulers in the town. I know again, remember this was the South. This was probably in the very early eighties. Um, I, I don't really remember how old I was. I, I'm thinking I was probably about six, maybe seven years old at the, at the most. And, um, yeah, they were just marching down the main street there in good old Dunn, North Carolina, and they were handing out rulers to kids on the side of the road. And, um, that's, again, that's how I remember it. I know it is a true memory because my mom and I have talked about it, but I had wonderful parents who, 
some of their very best friends were missionaries in Africa and they had adopted African children. And it was always my parents' lifelong dream that they wanted to travel, maybe even live for a period of time in Africa and Kenya. So my parents, I was blessed, Jay, that even though I grew up in a middle-class white home in the South, I had parents who were very, 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 um, very strong in their beliefs against racism. And I, even my best friend who I've had, and I won't name names <laughs> in case she ever were to listen to this, uh, but, you know, I knew her since the time we were two years old and um, she grew up in a, a, a different type of household. You know, her family was from the South. My parents were not, they were from the North and had relocated there. And, you know, she was allowed to use the, you know, the, the, the ever controversial N word. And I'll never forget at five years old, my mom took her little face in her hands and said, if you ever say that in our house, you'll never be welcome here again. So I had some very strong influences at a young age that that just was not acceptable. And my parents always had um, African-American people, friends in our home. And I just, you know, I, to this day, my mother, who's almost 80, she does not see color. My mom just doesn't notice people of color. That just does not phase her. So I was blessed. But I can't say that everybody was raised that way. Right, and unfortunately, the society we're in, I think there's racism on all sides. It's not just from whites to blacks. It's it's coming from every angle, from black to white, from you know Asian to non-Asian, you name it. Right. I think there's racism. And I think we all, at some point or another, and I know – you know, you might get into some other things and I'll, I'll stop there, but I think we all have moments where we say and do things that are not appropriate, you know? So, but anyway, that's enough of that. Yeah. <laughs> but yes, I, I denounce would... white supremacy 100%. <laughs> yeah. I wasn't even expecting to go into it that deep. I was just uh, almost, I'm almost, sorry. <laughs> almost as a joke, you know, because I agree. It's like every time I watch a debate or a town hall. I just, I don't know. Did you see the latest town hall? With yes, Trump? I did. I and, did. You I know, did. just the whole, I thought Trump handled this one much better than previously, but at the same time, it's ridiculous that every time they have to ask him the same question and, and even when he answers it appropriately, um, you know, I was almost going to joke with you earlier, but I didn't have a chance to get it in there. But right before you started answering, I was going to interject and say, uh, uh, I noticed a little <laughs> bit of hesitation there, Lydia. There, you know, exactly. like or or yep, or, yep. or you laughed right before you said that. Is is this a joke to you, Rachel? Joke, like, I know. Just, I like know. whatever, it, they just take it and run with it, and it's like it has nothing to do with, you know, who he is or what he said or how what he values. And but but all no, that, and I and I honestly, Jay, I really don't even think it's how the majority of Americans really think or feel today. Uh, granted, there's always an exception to every rule. You know, yes, there are pockets of people who are um, definitely white supremacists, you know, in certain parts of the country. It's probably very, 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 um, oh, I'm lost for words. I'm sorry. Prevalent. <laughs> um, prevalent. Thank you. Yeah. I, I want to, let me, can I first, I want to apologize to your audience I am a 44-year-old mother of five who runs two businesses and homeschool. I've been homeschooling for almost 10 years. So at this time of the evening that we're recording this, this is past <laughs> my bedtime. So if I lose a loss for words, I really am sorry. Thank you, Prevalent. Um, you know, but I think that's part of what the media 
is really just that's all those flames that they're trying to fan and fuel. You know, that racism is um, and, and I'm not trying to minimize or belittle somebody else's experiences in life because I do know that there is racism. I do know that people are, are treated unjustly and wrong. And, you know, a lot of assumptions are made about people according to their skin color. Um, but I think it goes beyond that assumptions are made of people according to their, their demographic, you know, uh, are they middle-class? Are they, are they poor? You know, are they wealthy? Mm -hmm. So, but the media is just there. It's like they're beating a dead horse, um, because that's, what's keeping this contention and that's, what's keeping this strong line of divide. And I think that's one of the biggest issues is racism. That's creating this huge divide between the right and the left. So, yeah, I, um, while we're on the subject of racism, cause I, this was a point I wanted to bring up later on, but since we're on this, I'll bring it up now. So, Okay. Like, I, like I, I, I agree with what you said earlier about racism can go many different directions, and anyone can be racist regardless of your race, and that yep. is a a bit of a contentious view these days, depending on who you talk to. I had one guest on my podcast earlier. He's a good friend of mine, Obi, and he we we got into it. We talked about racism for a good solid. I don't know, 20 minutes. And right. the way he defines it or the way he interprets the the classical definition of it, he's basically saying racism comes down to power. And basically mm. that white people are, are have all the power in the country, therefore only white people can be racist. And he said, well, I asked him, I gave him an example. I said, well, what if a Mexican guy comes up to a, a black guy and calls him the N-word? Is that right. racist? Now, to me, right. I would say, yes, that's racist. But to him, he said, no, nah, I would say it's a prejudice. And and mm. I listened to that and I'm like, uh, I don't think yeah. so. I don't think so. I don't think that I don't think prejudice is the right word. I would say it is racist. It's racism. And, it's racism. Yeah. yeah. And, um, and I went on to, I think it was after that episode, I recorded my own episode, which uh, I would definitely encourage. It was good for me to hear a little bit about your background because I didn't know all those things about you either. And um, uh, truth be told, we don't, I mean, we've been family for a while, but I don't know all these little intricate details about your life and all this stuff, but 18 years uh, to almost be back. <laughs> it's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. But I, I recorded an episode, <clears throat> which I, I would love for you to listen at some point. Uh, it's, uh, it's called, um, uniquely qualified. Mm, and okay. in that episode, I, I kind of outlined my upbringing and me dealing with racism, right? which I've dealt with a lot of racism, but one of the points I wanted to make in that episode is that a lot of the racism that was dealt my way was not from white people. And I got picked on a lot, like in grade school by black kids. Wow. And, you know, the reason why I put that out there is because there's this narrative and going around and maybe not so much. It's not the hot button issue right now at the moment, but definitely earlier in this year when everybody was talking about all this after George Floyd riots and all that was, um, this idea that black people are the sole victims of racism in this country, you know, like they have, and, and uh, granted slavery is something that has put, you know, black people's experience on a Correct. whole, on a whole nother level than anything that I've experienced or anybody else. So, but at the same time, 
I find it interesting that people who are alive now who have never been enslaved, right? you know, a young generation who has right. so many opportunities, we have black millionaires, we have black billionaires, you know, so, well, correct. I don't, I don't know. I don't want to say that they're, I don't know if Oprah's a billionaire. I guess she is probably, but. Oh yeah, no, Oprah's yeah, a billionaire. Yeah, so, yeah, okay, She's so absolutely I, a billionaire. Yeah. So I can say that. Yeah. So there's black millionaires, yes. black billionaires. And I'm like, at what point, see, now I have to phrase this delicately, but it's kind of like, I believe, and this is how I was raised, but I, I believe in personal responsibility. I believe I in, in hard work and discipline. Yeah. And, and of course you and I both agree. There's a lot of racism out there in the world. There's a lot of things wrong with our society. There's a lot of, you know, just systematic things and just uh, racist right. people in positions of power there. That's a given. There's right. all of that, but at the same time, going back, the way I was raised, it's just like at the end of the day, what are you going to do about it? So and, may I may I interject here because I, I sure. don't want to lose my thoughts. Um, I I agree with everything you have said, and maybe I won't say it as delicately, but I'm not not saying it delicately because I'm trying to be mean or crass or to offend somebody. But I'm just trying to speak the truth. Um, slavery was a horrendous thing. But this is where I think in our schools and um, in our liberal universities, people are not being taught true history. Because as an Indian, you and my husband could say, you know, you could ride on that bandwagon. There were many, many Indians who were slaves all around the world, um, you know, even just when the British invaded India. And even to this day, um, Indian people of the lower caste are treated and acted as slaves. Um, yeah. So, and then the other thing that I want to kind of bring up, and I am not trying to minimize what the African-American community went through in the time of slavery. I am not. It was horrendous. In fact, it's interesting because this was something that I recently, um, it was a study that I did with my kids because we were studying American history. And um, so we started to talk about Harriet Tubman. And in fact, my um, three oldest children, they watched the Harriet movie, which I absolutely love. And, you know, it was a, a just a very brief insight or glimpse to them, you know, uh, to see what slavery could be like and, and some of the horrors of it. Uh, but one of the things that I also told them that, you know, blacks are not the only race that have been horribly, uh, uh, persecuted. Yeah. People seem to forget the Holocaust. What about Jewish people? I mean, millions and millions of Jews were slaughtered by Hitler millions of them. And I, you know, so it's like, where do we stop? And you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I, I know what you're trying to say, but at what point do we take, like you said, that personal responsibility and work hard? And that makes me think of your own father, because as an Indian man who came to this country to this day, your father still has a slight accent and mm -hmm. to go up as high as he did, in the Amer in an American army, in the military, as an officer, you can't tell me that your father didn't have, 
you know, um, racial injustice take place? Because of course he did. You know what I'm saying? So because, you know, of course the army and the military, that's a good old boys club. And your father didn't fit that mold. He didn't fit that narrative. So I, I just, at what point in this country, um, are we going to start to teach young people of all colors, of all nationalities, of all races and all backgrounds, that it all really boils down to self? If you want something in life, go for it. Don't let anything, your circumstances, your, you know, your environment, your background, your parents, um, your lack of parents, I don't think any of that should stop us. I think we are in the land of opportunity. And unfortunately, I think there is a... Uh, a group of people who are trying to destroy that and they're trying to change the fundamentals of what America is. So, you know, I, yeah. I know racism is a very, 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 very hard subject to discuss. I think it's an uncomfortable one. I actually like to discuss it as a white American woman. I like to discuss it. I will go toe to toe with any African American <laughs> person and, you know, and I want to hear their side. Yeah. I don't want to belittle their, their walk and what they've been through. But at the same token, I just don't think the other side can deny that that racism can't come this way because there's a lot of people make assumptions about me as right. a white woman. Right. You know, they assume that I'm afraid of a black man who's walking across a parking lot in the dark at night when I'm not. I'm afraid of any man walking across the parking lot at <laughs> right, night. Right. I don't care what color you are. You could be purple with polka dots. You know, if I'm by myself or by myself with my kids and it's late at night and I don't know who you are, right. I'm going to lock my doors. I don't care what color you are. So right. anyway, I'm, I'm getting off tangent again. I'm sorry, but um, I think it is a very sensitive subject, but we need to start talking about it. We cannot be afraid to talk about it. And I I will always stand on the belief that it goes, I believe it goes all different ways. So I do not believe with, um, or I do not stand in agreement with your friend that it it's, you know, only white versus black and, you know, racism is, you know, who holds the power. There's a lot of people in this country that hold the power and, um, <laughs> who aren't just white, right. Who aren't just white. Right. Exactly. Right. So, Yeah. But anyway, yeah, that's, there's, that's um, my take on that. <laughs> yeah, no, you, there's some great things you said in there. And um, I, to kind of pivot a little bit there and bring it back to politics, which is largely what yes. we're going to talk about today. So yes. it, it's one funny of my because, favorite topics. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because even when you were describing my dad and, and, and sort of my experience uh, and Jeff's experiences as Indian guys, it's like, okay, so this whole right left Republican, Democrat, um, you know, demo- conservative, liberal right. construct, right? This paradigm. You probably know a little bit about my background. I mean, you remember we were going at it a little bit on Facebook back yes. in 2008 when I was voting yeah. for Obama and you were, I don't even know who were, McCain Palin at that point, I guess. It uh, was. Yeah, yeah, I guess it was. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, you know, we were, you know, but we were debating and making our points and we were never at each other's throats though, you know? No. And at no. the end of the day, we both accepted the way we each voted and, you know, we go about our life, you know, and your, yeah. your guy lost and my guy yeah. won yeah. and I wasn't going around rubbing it in your face. And, you know, people, we just got along and life went on. And it's, it's like somehow we've gone from that to today to where that, that, that seems like that's not even a possibility with people out right. there, you know? Right. And, right. and I, 
I sit here as a person who was raised conservative, Republican, red state guy, like Hannity, Fox News. I had O'Reilly's book. Like that was me for up until I voted for Obama, really. So like for 30 years. So I know what that's like. And then I was like a liberal Democrat minded person for, eh, I mean, I was already starting to be disillusioned with Obama and the the Obama administration by 2012. I still voted for him again, but it was much less passionate than it was in 2008. But But my point here is that I know what it's like to be right. I know what it's like to be left. And and in the last election, I voted third party. So it's kind of like I've been all across the whole map. And what I see as somebody who's been through that is that people are just so entrenched in their camp, left or right. And that's it. End of story. Mm. You know, and right. and there's also this element of demonization of the other. Now, yes, given, what I, given what I just described, I'm not really capable of that. In, in, a, in, in a vicious sense, I might make jabs or poke fun at people on the right or the left, but it's not done with a hateful, vengeful, like, I want to destroy you kind of spirit. It's done right. like you're right. still my friends, you're still my family. I, I respect your views, whether I agree with them or not. But what that's just me. I feel like an anomaly, though. I feel like what's going on out there in society is, you know, it's just... This is the problem. This is almost a bigger problem to me than who wins the election in a way. It really, really is. We we are so divided in this country, and people love to blame Trump for that. Yeah. And um, I 100% disagree with that. Has he helped? Maybe not always. I, I you know, one of the things I love about Trump but then there's days that I, I grit my teeth and I cringe and I said, oh, come on, Trumpy, what are you doing? <laughs> Why did you just tweet that? Why did you just right. say it that way? Right. But one of the things I love about him is he is who he is. You know, he's he's a New Yorker. He's crass. He's he's a businessman. Um, he's bold. And he says things that people are too afraid to say. Um you know, he says what's on his mind. And sometimes I don't think he really thinks about it or the consequences of it. Yeah. You know, when he, he blurts things out. Um, I, you know, dear God, Kellyanne Conway, she really had her job cut out for her, you know, back with his, <laughs> with his first campaign and, and these years that she's been supporting him because he really just, you know, he does have a way of pushing people's buttons. But with that being said, Um, I don't believe that he is the cause of this at all. I really, really, really believe that social media, the media in general have really played a part. And I know you were telling me about a, the documentary and I can't think of the name of it off the top of my head. Um, that's mainly about what social media has done to our lives. Oh yeah. The social dilemma. Um, on Netflix. Yeah, I haven't had a chance to watch that yet. Um, but I think that that has been a big driving force in this divide that we just, you know, we, it it can get so hateful on social media and I've been the victim of it. I try my best. I now I will admit, I put things out there to antagonize people. (laughs) I put things out there to, to get people riled up, but I'm not doing it from a place of a mean spirit or, or that I'm trying to be mean to people. I am really, it's, I'm having one of those, I'm taking you by the shoulders moment and I'm shaking you 
wake up. Do you see what I'm saying? Like, do you see this? And, um, I, you know, I, (laughs) my husband, Jeff, your cousin, uh, he's definitely of a different approach. (laughs) So he doesn't understand why I like to get on social media and start these things. And he knows when I have, he says, I have a look on my face, like the cat that's, you know, eating the canary. Um, so I look guilty when I've posted something and he's like, (laughs) what are you up to now? And well, you're also way more extroverted than he is. He's oh, way, way, way. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Way, 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 way more extroverted. So, but no, I, I do it from a place that I just feel, and I, you know, I don't know if you're going to get into any of the media and maybe we can segue into that. I don't know. It's, um, but I just do it from a place because I don't think people in America are hearing the whole truth. You know, I, I think there's a lot that people are not getting who are on the left. I think there's a lot of details that are being left out. And then I think there is total propaganda that they're being fed. Um, and again, I, that's all part of that driving wedge that, you know, unfortunately we're experiencing. And, you know, I don't know, I've had, I had a friend, the first Trump election, um, back in, what was it now? Gosh, uh, 2016, right. Mm -hmm. In 2016, she and I had been best friends for almost 15 years. And for some reason, Trump just rubbed her the wrong way. She's a Hispanic American and, um, she, kind of bought into that whole narrative that he hated all Hispanic people and, you know, that he was trying to deport everybody. And she completely blocked me and cut me out of her life over Trump. Mm. And that was very, very hurtful. And um, I just don't understand how we, why we can't agree to disagree, you know, as frustrated as I get with people who, you know, want to debate with me and stuff. I just can't imagine not loving you or cutting you out of my life or saying you're not my friend, you're not my family anymore. Um, but I also come from a family who the older generation, it was always very, very controversial <laughs> in our household when politics came up. You know, politics was a very hot button in our family and there was many big arguments and really? fights. And so oh, yeah, you all weren't on the I, same page growing up. No, uh, no. The older generation was very, they were, now what I would say is they are not the Democrat um, of today. The, my, what I would consider the Democrat that my grandmother and my great aunt and my great uncles and my grandfather, that was a different Democrat than what we have today. Um, I can't quite put my finger on, all of it, you know, I, there's some certain things that I can say, yes, this is some of it that makes them different. Um, I don't believe that older generation, you know, the ones from the, the teens, the twenties, the thirties, the forties. Um, I know that my grandmother and, and, and that generation, they would not have been for abortion. Um, they would have been pro-life, but you know, for them, it was more of the, the fiscal side of things, they, the way they looked at things. So politically speaking. So anyway, but, you know, I like I said, I grew up with the family just being completely divided. But today it is just it's really an ugly scenario. It really, really is. And it's sad because, you know, I have we the kids and I and Jeff, we've all bought things that we have our Trump gear. We have I have a Trump mask. Um, 
you know, Asher went out and bought a Trump bucket hat that's really <laughs> cool and and things. And my kids are scared to wear it. Yeah, they're scared to wear it out because they don't. They feel like they're going to get jumped. They're going to get beat up. Yeah, they're going to get hurt. And you know, I think that's sad. I think that's really, really sad that my kids can't, you know, voice their their young opinions and who they support. You know, whether they're parroting us or not is irrelevant. You know, it's just that anyway, that's that's our take on it, you know, and we have to be very, very careful because it's just um, it's very volatile today. And but to blame Trump for that, I I think that's absurd. I I think it's coming from many different sides. Um, You know, now as a conservative, I can sit here and say, hey, it's coming from the left. Because that's how I feel. Mm-hmm. But I'm sure there's people on the left who feel like it's coming from the right. Right. So at what point are we going to sit at the table and agree to disagree and dine together right. and move on with life together? So. Right. Well, this is what I I wonder about this almost on a daily basis, because as somebody who's kind of floating around, like I, I would say these days, I'm probably right of center. Uh, right. I It's weird because. I've been trying to find my niche for a while, like in terms of a, a social group or a, a set of, you know, attributes there's where I belong. There's a lot of people, Jay, that are. There's a lot of people. I think there's more than you realize. Um, even some of my good conservative friends are more floating towards the libertarian side of things. Mm. Um, so I think there's a lot of people that are kind of unsure. And you know, I know, and it's—I I know it's been talked about many times, and it's been talked about on both sides of the aisle. At what point do we maybe relook at our political system and this whole, you know, two-party system? Mm-hmm. Because I, it's not working. It's not working today. Yeah. We're too far. You know, we're too. There's too big of a divide between the aisle, and it's like, at what point are we going to kind of push these sides together and find a, a middle ground? Because, you know, most Americans are good people. Most Americans want their kids to go to good schools. Most Americans, you know, want um, the elderly, the widow, the, you know, the single mom. We want those people to be taken care of. You know, so I think it's just, I don't know. I, 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 maybe I'm living in some utopia in my brain of, you know, why can't we all get along? But we should be able to get along. I, I think that a lot of the things that, you know, the right cries and the left cries, we really, at the end of the day, we kind of want a lot of the same things. It's just there is, now again, this is coming from a conservative perspective, there is a new side to the left that I don't believe was there before. And I believe that this side, and I I consider that to be the progressive side, Um I think they're driving and they just kind of really want to change the face of America Yeah, and they want to change some of our, the things that we were founded on and, um, right or wrong. It's, it's, that's my opinion. This is just my opinion. That's a big source of the contention that's, that's taking place. So, yeah, um, I would agree. And I, I, I've, uh, said, you know, similar things in the podcast in recent weeks where I'm like, when I've started to explain myself on Facebook as well, I had one friend who was trying to corner me into defending why I'm voting for Trump and why I love Trump so much and why Trump is perfect and great and awesome. And I'm like, if if 
if you're looking for that kind of thing, like they should probably go look at your Facebook page and or get in touch with right. you because you will go <laughs> on all day about how much you love Trump. Right. Me, me, on the other hand, okay, let me, let me, there's so many things I want to say here, but look, one of the, <laughs> one of the key points I want to say is that, look, with everything I've been through in life, I'm kind of distrustful toward people mm. in general and especially right. people who I don't actually know personally. So mm. when I, when you're talking about a Kamala Harris or a Joe Biden or even a Donald Trump or Mike Pence or any of these people, or even right. Kaylee McEnany, who I love. But like the point is, I don't know any of them personally. Right. All I know is sound bites and speeches and, you know, waves to the camera. And, and I think a lot of people take in all of that media. They do. You know, and they f- act like, especially with Twitter and celebrities and all, it's like we act like we actually know these people. Right. Which right. is actually an illusion. And especially when you look at celebrities and Hollywood and actors, they're literally actors. Yeah. And people fall in love with a Brad Pitt or an Angelina Jolie or or a Taylor Swift because we love their construct. We love right. that picture, that brand, literally the brand they've created for themselves. We love that. Right. It's just right. the brand happens to be a person. So we right. start to, it all gets foggy and we're just like, oh, well, I love that person. I love Tom Cruise. You don't even know Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise. <laughs> you know, or exactly. or I hate Trump. And it's like, right. you think you know him, but... But do you really? <laughs> but it's like, <laughs> think about it. If half the country hates him and half the right. country loves him, right. don't you think it would be sensible to be like, okay, there's probably some qualities that he has that are worth hating. And there's probably some qualities he has that are worth loving. Right. To me, that would be a reasonable response, but I feel like, no, I don't, I don't, I don't really get that from people. And I, the, the the point I'm saying here is that I don't want to go out on a limb. That's why when my friend was trying to bait me into defending Trump and all that stuff, I, the way I answered that question was basically, it wasn't me dodging the question, but it was kind of like, this is a loaded question, right? She's trying to, right. she's trying to set me up here. And and my whole thing <laughs> is like, let me tell you the logic I'm using as to why I'm going to vote the way I do. As mm. I see it, this election boils down to which do you think is more dangerous for yourself personally and the fate of the country, the radical mm. left or the radical right? Right. right. Okay. And this is how I explained it. And I said, to me, what is the radical right? What, is, what even is that? You're talking about the KKK? You're talking about right. <laughs> um, uh, Spencer or whatever that guy's name is, who, by the way, is supporting uh, Biden. You know, but right, right. What is, tell me what the radical right is that I should be afraid of, right? Whereas I can tell you all about the radical left that I see every day, you know, right. no, no matter how much the, you know, the MSM tries to downplay it and not cover right. it, guess what? Right. I can go watch um, Andy No reporting live and showing actual footage of what's happening in Portland every day. You know, right. I can see, you know, uh, Tim Pool. I don't know if you're familiar with Tim Pool, but I like a lot of his coverage. I've um, heard of him. I've heard of him. Yeah. I, haven't, I so, haven't watched him or listened. Yeah. So the point is, I can see with my own eyes what's happening out there. And to me, right. I there's not a doubt in my mind that the radical left is more dangerous than the radical right. So therefore, regardless of how much I love Trump 
or hate Trump, which to me, this my vote in this election, it's not about how much you love or hate Trump, or at least I think it shouldn't be, but I think it is playing it out that way, the way a lot of people are voting, you know, right. but I think people need to take a look in the mirror and be like, how is this election and even going beyond this election, but how are politics and the policies that are being made about the pandemic? And we can get into that in a second, but like, right. how is it affecting me personally? How is it affecting my business, my kids, like my lifestyle? And also not just me, but how is it affecting others? How is it affecting society as a whole? Right. That should be the lens through which we make our decisions politically and how we vote. I agree. You know, that's how I look at it. But I almost feel like I don't I don't see a lot of my friends acting that way. You know, it, no, it's unfortunate. People are not. And I think you stated it very, very well. Um, I I think there's, like you said, the radical left, there's the radical, well, the so-called radical right. Like you said, I'm not really sure what that is, uh, unless you want to just say the, those of us who are diehard Trump fans. Um, and I don't even think that fan is a word. I don't want to use the word follower. Um, well, they call, they call Jordan Peterson and Joe Rogan alt-right. So they've called Dave <laughs> okay. Rubin alt-right. They've called, they've called Ben Shapiro a Nazi and he's Jewish. You know, it's like, so, right. Exactly. Yeah. I, so I, so I'm a, I'm, I'm a very staunch Trump supporter, but I have my reasons why. And this is the part where maybe people could say, oh, you're, you're a conspiracy theorist. I'm not really. I, I don't think that I am. I do think there are some conspiracy theories that are out there that are definitely of, of some value that we should wake up and maybe pay attention to. Um, I think there are some things that are very, very devious that takes place. But I think what people miss about him is, and this is the, the thing that I always say, you know, when Trump came into deciding to run for president, um, he really was more on the left. He was more, he was considered a Democrat. He was, he was a Democrat. Mm -hmm. And if you go back and if you really look at clips of him, uh, even there's the, the infamous clip of Oprah who did an interview with him. And I think it was in the late eighties, you know, and he, you could really hear his love of America, his love of the American dream. And, um, you know, some people argue, Oh, well, you know, Trump, you know, had a silver spoon in his mouth and it's, you know, daddy gave him however X many dollars, you know, to get started regardless, regardless, whatever his father gave him, Trump took, he ran with it, made it his own and made millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars off of it. And for that, I respect him. I don't think anybody can deny that he isn't a savvy businessman because he is. And, you know, so, but anyway, going back to like his interviews, if you go back and look at those interviews, you cannot deny the fact that Trump has always been pro-America and he's wanted what's best for this country, you know, and he's always talked about our trade deals and, you know, the Far East ripping Americans off, ripping America off. And, you know, so when he came on the scene, Trump, Trump was ready and wanting to disrupt what we call this D.C. swamp. 
you know, these people like I consider the Bidens who've been around D.C. for however long, 47 years, Biden, Joe Biden has been in D.C. And in my opinion, he's been nothing but a crook. You know, his family's pockets have been fattened um, by wheelings and dealings. And that's a lot of the politicians. Mm -hmm. This is I'm not just talking about Democrats. I'm talking about the old rhinos. And, um, you know, so, again, that D.C. swamp. And see, I think Trump saw the problem with that. And D.C. hated him for that. And. He's, you know, a, he's and, a threat. He's a threat to the way things are normally done. And he's a, he's a huge threat because, you know, his whole campaign draining the swamp, draining the swamp. Well, that's exactly what he was talking about. And see, that swamp is completely controlled by the media. It's completely controlled by the big, you know, um, powerful families and, you know, the powerful media families of this country. And he doesn't fit that mold. He doesn't want to fit that mold. And he wants to break America out of that and take us back to what we were and what we can be. And they hate him for it. And, you know, it's interesting because some of the people who hate him the most, and I always bring this up to people, and it's interesting. I just really recently discovered a guy. Um, he's big on Instagram. I think he does Twitter. He has a little bit of Facebook, uh, Cashley Kelly. And, you know, he's an African-American man. And he was talking to, I don't remember who it was he was talking to. And he said, you know, he said something that I have been saying since 2016. It's interesting because so many people, you know, these, these, um, These movie stars, these rappers and, you know, these musicians, they all hate him. But before he got into politics, before he ran for president, everybody wanted Trump to do a cameo in their music video. Everybody wanted Trump to do a cameo in their movie. You know, he was the cool guy to be. Everybody wanted to go to his parties and wanted him at their parties. So what changed? Now, again, we can take this deeper and, you know, talk about some of the really, really, really dark sides of DC. You know, some of the the pedophilia stuff and things like that, which I do 100% believe um, a lot of that, that there is a lot of truth to that. They, they've already proven and are proving that there is. Um, but you know, I just, it's sad. I just, I feel like he's gotten a bad rap (laughs) and because of the fact that he, he is not going to fit into their mold and he's not going to just go along with, with what they've been going along with. And honestly, I think we need more Trumps. We need more people in D.C. who are willing to shake things up and say, wait a minute, why are we doing this the way we're doing this? Because at the end of the day, these people who, you know, only are supposedly making $100,000, $200,000 a year, how is it that they're retiring multi-multi-multi-millionaires? What's going on? You know what I'm saying? Oh, all the politicians, you mean? Oh, the politicians. It's all such a crooked racket. And so, you know, anyway, I don't even know how we got onto this or how I got onto this. There was something I really wanted to say in response to what you were saying earlier. So I, about Trump and you kind of went through his whole sort of coming of age and entering into politics and that whole journey. So piggybacking off of that, what, what I wanted to say was I try to get into the head of people, right? So this is kind of an empathetic sort of exercise I do where Mm. I try to put myself in somebody else's position and then I think like, okay, what would I do or how would I, or, and with Trump, for example, you're absolutely right when you say, look, he's got the hot wife, he's, 
got the the big TV show deals. He's obviously super rich, you know, celebrity parties. He's got the lifestyle already. He has it all. And I sit there and I think, why would this guy get into politics and not just get into politics, but to, well, I guess I can see why, why would he want to start at the bottom with politics? He's not the guy with where he was at in life. He was just going to jump straight to the top. That much is a given, but. Well, I think so, some of that's just his personality. Yeah, right. Type. Exactly. That's exactly. who Trump is. Right. Yep. So, but I think why would he, the guy who has it all, why would he want to go be president? And as I think about that, there's a couple, you know, theories I have. And one would be like, okay, well, he's definitely kind of an egocentric guy. So when I think about it from a pride point of view, I'm like, okay, maybe, maybe he feels like he has it all. And the only thing left for him to do is to be sort of king of the world, right? Like the leader of the free world. And that's the ultimate ego trip. And okay. So maybe that was his motivation. Let's, let's play that out. Let's say that's what it was. He doesn't give a shit about America. He only cares about himself. He wants everybody to worship and adore him. He wants to be the center of attention. He wants to be the king of the world. Let's go with that. Which I think a lot of my friends on the left think that is who he is and what he's all about. Right. Let's think about that. He was not hated by people on the left before. My friends. No. Nobody even talked about Trump at all. No. None of my friends. Like it was so off their radar. All of a sudden he gets into politics and goes to be the president of the United States. Now he is hated. Yes. Thoroughly hated, hated. Yep. by half the country and not just yep. half the country. People around the world hate him. Yep. And when I think about that and I'm like, okay, again, I'm putting myself in his shoes. I I have it all. I have the money. I have, he already has power. I mean, maybe not like presidential power, but he had power and sway in his life. He's got it all. Why would he want to become president and become so hated? Right. I don't. I, that's where my logic stops because I'm like, I don't see a logical reason why somebody would. No. And I, I certainly ask, would not. I would not. I mean, I don't want to be president. I don't want to get into politics at all. Cause I think it's all, like you said, it's all crooked. It's all corruption. And I don't want to be a part of right, it. But right. if I was in Trump's shoes and I had money and power and whatever, I still would not get into politics. I still would not want to be the president. No. And yeah. I, and this is the same thing I've asked so many people who, you know, friends that who just absolutely despise him. I'm like, can you, can you give me one reason that you think that this man has done this? See, in my opinion, he has sacrificed. I feel like he's given a sacrifice to this country. You know, yes, he may not have served in the military the way previous, certain previous uh, presidents have, um, because I know that's one of the things that they try and hold against him. It's not brought up as much as I've heard in other elections with other, you know, nominees or, or, or people who are running, but um, I have heard it here and there, you know, that has been brought up, but I feel like he's made a sacrifice. I mean, the man had to give up businesses. He, you know, he had to walk away from a lot of different things. He's not even so much as taking a dag on income from this. Right. And so it's like, I don't understand how people can justify feeling like he's doing this for some sort of power. What power? You know what I'm saying? Is he making some sort of grand real estate deals that we don't know about? <laughs> you know, he's too busy. He, this, this is, I don't know. I just feel like people. And, and even if he was, even if he was doing all these right. crooked deals and he becomes rich, <laughs> this is also why 
I I don't one of them that doesn't come rich afterwards. But like, (laughs) I don't put people on a pedestal because like, like you said earlier, you just want to get to the truth of things, right? So let's say my friends on the left are right about maybe not everything, but they're right about some things. Right. And Trump loses this election. And maybe there's some legitimate research that's done and it exposes the fact that, and there's evidence that I, I have to stress this, that there's actual evidence that he did all these corrupt deals and he made billions of dollars off of it into his own personal finances. If that comes out in a year or two, guess what? I will be like, okay, you know, I, I am not going to defend Trump when how, it's been proven that he's can, done so much wrong. You know what I'm saying? But see, they've I, proven that the other side has done this already. True. What they're right. accusing him of. Right, right. But yet we ignore that. Right. We, you know, it's blocked. It's censored. It's, yeah. you know. Literally this week, Twitter and yes. Facebook blocked all the, the New York Post story. Yes. So. Yep. But when I see things like that, when I see such blatant censorship, I'm like, oh, my God, this thing is so rigged. It is. Against Trump. And like, I'm an an underdog guy. I've been an underdog my whole life. Like, I've always been the outsider, the guy who doesn't fit in racially and religiously and all these things. So when I see everybody ganging up on a person, you know, even if it's Trump who's not the most sympathetic character in the world. But when I see that, there's a part of me that's like, wow, you know, if your attacks were justified, I would say, fine, go for it. Take him down. Right. The the same way I think Biden should be removed right now. Like he has committed criminal acts and and he knew about what his son was doing. It's all the proof is coming out. Why is he not, not only being removed, but being arrested? You know, but well, according to my husband, they will never be arrested. Well, like, I, he'll, yeah, I agree. I agree with Jeff. I yeah. agree. Cause He's I'm like, like they're I, never, they're never going to put a vice, a yeah. former vice president or yeah. a president, former president in jail. Yeah. But see, that's the thing that nobody can really give me a strong defense. When I say, why do you think Trump is doing this? What, what does he have to gain out of this? I have yet to have somebody from the left really give me a solid reason why. And so that's why I always come back to them. You really need to consider that this man truly just loves this country and really does want what's best for its people. And they just cannot accept that. People can't accept that. And what I think is because the reason he has such a a strong um, support base and um you know, the just, you know, when you look at his rallies and the tens of thousands of people that come out, it's because I think those of us, we really see that in him. We really, really believe that in him. We, I just don't, I cannot put my finger on anything that this man would have to gain to put himself, his, his wife, his son, his family, his, his adult children to put them through this for there's again, there's nothing that they can tell me. <laughs> there's, you know, I've yet to have one person give me a really good solid. Yeah. This is why, you know, that they, that they know for sure that this man is out for this, this, and this, you know, we know he didn't do it for money. Um, so what did he do it for? And that's what people don't really want to take and, and just kind of be introspective at it and say, you know what? She's right. 
or the the right's right. <laughs> what is he doing this for? Maybe he really does want what's best for America. You know, some of the the trade deals that he has made and and his willingness to to go toe to toe with China and things like that. It's just it's remarkable. And um, you know, I, I want to kind of go back, like you know, back to like nine eleven. Um, I now, of course, I think I'm trying to remember now, I think Bush was the first president that I voted for. I think that was the first election. I can't remember at this time of night. I can't remember. I'll be honest with you, Jay. I think, I think that might've been me as well. I think that might've been my first yeah, election. I think that, it, yeah, I think it, it would have been, yep, 2000. Yep. So GW would have been the first one that we, cause I graduated in 94. So I guess it was. I don't know. Anyway, it doesn't matter. The fact of the matter is I voted for for George Bush. Um You didn't GW. vote for Al Gore? I'm shocked and appalled. <laughs> I don't I don't remember. You know, I really honestly no, don't remember. I, I probably did. I no, just didn't yeah. have a an opinion as much as I do now. Um no. but George Bush, you know, or GW as I like to refer to him was the first time that I can remember really having an opinion. And if you fast forward to 2011 and when 9-11 happened, um, I think collectively as Americans, we were, we were proud of him, proud of him as our president, because I think everybody agreed that man had balls about him. You know, he was, he was a real cowboy. He was not going to back down. You know, he was going to do whatever it took to protect this country. And that's the same way that I saw him during that period of time is how I see Trump. I just feel like Trump's got some really big balls about him and I'm not trying to be crude, but I just really do. And, you know, again, people just don't know how to handle that. But I think if they really step back and really, really, really evaluated, what does this man who had everything you know, like you said, really, the only thing you could think of is ego. You know, is it just because he had everything else, but this was the only thing he didn't have? I don't believe that. Well, because if you yeah, to that oh, point, it's like this would be a massive blow to his ego. It would more than it anything would, because they have been horrifically cruel mm. to him, horrifically cruel to his wife, to his son, to his children, to his family, and what they have put him through. It's just, it's, I, no other president has been through the ridicule and the disruption and, you know, disrespect, trying to, the disrespect and disrespect. You know, flat out. Ab, yeah. People saying that's not my president. You know, I, I'm not I, even I, talking about that. I'm talking about some of the sickest, most depraved yes, nonstop yes. stream of memes. Wishing he would die. Wishing yep. he would oh, die. Yeah. I, I mean, I've seen some of the most disgusting graphics yeah. made, you know, I've seen Trump's face on butts and coarse, you know, like genitalia, yeah. just you yep. name it, I've seen it. And I'm like, wow, if people did that to Obama like, oh my or, or any, or, or Bush or any candidate, I mean, they made fun of Bush yeah. a lot, but not to this right. level. Not to this of, extent. Yeah. It's not just insane. Right. But no, I agree. You've heard, agree. you've heard so Trump derangement syndrome me- though. Well, it is. It is Trump derangement syndrome. But what I think the core root of that is because he has come to Washington and maybe we feel it and see it more because we I live in the DMV. I live in the, you know, the the Maryland, D.C., Virginia area. And it's always been a very politically charged area um, of this country. It's very politically charged here in this area. And um, but 
he, it's because he was rattling cages and he was disrupting and, you know, again, taking it back to that whole draining the swamp. And DC is a swamp. It is a cesspool. There are people that have no business being in Washington. They have no business being in Capitol Hill. Um, they're <laughs> listening to the uh, Supreme Court um, hearings this past week, you know, occasionally, because I'll be honest, I, I don't, I give my husband credit. He really knows who everybody is and, and what they're about. And and I don't, believe it or not, for somebody who loves politics as much <laughs> as I do. And You're more about the broad I strokes, am, I guess. He's more. I, I am. Yeah. I don't really listen to a lot of, like, I'm, you know, I hear bits and pieces of Alex Marlowe. I hear bits and pieces of Rush Limbaugh and, you know, all the different whatever. But I don't really commit to listening to those things. I can't because I feel like I'd make myself sick. You know, I, I've even seen family members who just get so enraged in life and, you know, get seriously depressed. And I'm like, nope, not going to do that. I got to focus on my kids, got to focus on my family. Yeah. Um, but anyway, but, you know, I just, um, now I'm trying to remember what my whole point was. <laughs> I lost my whole point. But anyway, I just, I feel like he really, really, really just irks them because he wants to, oh, I know where I was at. Um, we were talking about the, I was talking about the, the Supreme court, you know, so different people would show up on the screen and I'd say to my husband, I'd be like, well, who's that? And he'd tell me what state they're from. And, you know, well, they, this guy's been in Washington for 67 years. I'm like, what, you know, and he's telling me this person's like 90 some years old. Why, why are they still there? Yeah. Why aren't we having term limits? Yeah. Get these people out. Yeah. They're crooked. Most of them are so crooked. You know, <laughs> and that was another thing that Trump proposed, right? Was term limits. Yep. And yes, yes. That should be a point that everybody should be on board with. And everybody, you know, it's everybody. Like, Why? Why do we need to keep people in there above and beyond? What what purpose is it serving? Are any of these people doing that great of things? Yeah. You know, like the Nancy Pelosi. Yeah, Nancy Pelosi, she's doing a great job. Yeah, wonderful. Go go to her district, go to her area and see what the wonderful job that she's yeah. doing. So, you know what I'm saying? Like, why are we as Americans? And that's the part where, Jay, why can't we come to the table as Americans and agree upon those things? You know, those are the things that I think back in the in the old days of my grandparents and that at the end of the day, you know, when the fists stopped slamming on the tables and the, the voices simmer down, they all agreed that, you know, this is what America should be. This is what Americans should have. Um, and somehow, some way we've lost that. And I don't know, we've got to, we've got to figure it out. We've got to come back to that because otherwise we're, you know what, beyond this election, beyond 2020, it's just going to get uglier and uglier. Yeah. And, um, you know, we've, I pray and hope that the next generation's coming up. You know, I, I hope that there's some sense about them. Oh, <laughs> I can't, God. I don't know that there I'm, is. I know. I I'm not, too, I'm not, I'm, yeah, I'm not. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The stories Jeff has told me. Oh my God. Yeah. Like, you guys can't but, hire an employee who won't steal from you. Like, yeah, no, I know. Well, and they're all smoking something, and, oh my God. you know, but anyway, I don't know. I just, I feel like they're, we've, we've got to come full circle. Um, but I don't know. Then again, I look at it and other times I'm like, maybe we're at a, at a, at a fork in the road, you know, and this country is in for 
an interesting um, decision. You know, are we going to go right or are we going to go left? And um, I don't know. It's it's an interesting, interesting time. It's a scary time. There's parts of it that are very sad. Um, and I think a lot of Americans feel that way, regardless of what side of the aisle you're on. I think a lot yeah. are just disgusted yeah. and, you know, it's left a bad taste in our mouth. But to sit and point fingers that that's, you know, Trump's fault, we can't even point fingers and say that's that's Joe Biden's fault. Because, I, like I said, I think there's bigger, bigger things at play, you know, and media, social media. I really, really believe that those are the ones that are driving this. And, you know, we really need to peel that onion back and look and see, well, who's driving them? You know, where is all this coming from? But that's my take on it. So, um, but I, I just, you know, I think it's a good argument to say to people, and I've, I've asked many, well, why would he do this? Why would he put in? I've yet to have anybody really give me a good reason why. So that I could say, you know what, you're right. That that could be it. But um, anyway, that's yeah. that's for your, go ahead. <laughs> I know you well, were going somewhere with that. Well, I was just going to say, I was kind of making mental bookmarks of a couple of things you were saying along the way there, but I think one of the things I wanted to say was, you know, this whole left, right, uh, just animosity right. and how we can't come together. I think some people can, but I feel like the, the loudest voices are from the extremes who can't right. and people either are quiet in the middle or they, right they ratchet up their own feelings toward the left or to the right. So, right. Um, but I look at it, I, I thought of this metaphor earlier today where it's like like apples and oranges, right? So I like apples, I like oranges, but I feel like the way things are nowadays, I can only talk with the apple people about apples. Right. I can only talk about oranges with the oranges people. And I'm like, but I like both. I like apples and oranges. Why do I have to limit myself to, you know what I mean? Like I'm, I'm a, right. a, I'm a diverse person, not just ethnically, but like of thought, you know, there's diversity right. of thought. There's, I'm liberal on some things. I'm more conservative on other things, you know? Right. So, well, I think I said in the beginning of the show, I feel like as Americans, I think a lot of us, we have more common ground than we realize. You know, um, I, I think generally most Americans, like I said, they want to be good people. You know, we want to take care of. So if you're if you're looking at politics from a fiscal standpoint or a social justice standpoint, I think people, you know, we do want to take care of those that are in need. Um, you know, we do want to bring as much of our business back to these shores so that, so that Americans can grow, that the small business can grow. And, um, I, I just, I, I think a lot of people, Jay, I really do. I feel like a lot of people can identify with what you're feeling, you know, and at least I'm meeting a lot of people who can that, you know, like you said, you, you just, you want to be empathetic. Um, and, you know, there is some liberal. I think there's some liberal in all of us. I think there's some conservative in all of us. So it's just at what point in all of this do we look at our political system and figure out why this isn't working? And I think, again, that goes back to this whole two-party system. And it's it's a shame that 
we've never been able to really get out of this two-party system. Because I, yeah. I wonder if independent would have been the ticket, I almost wonder what Trump has originally run as an independent versus a Republican. Do you know what I'm saying? And I'm, I'm it's getting so late now, well, my thoughts are getting yeah. a bit jumbled. But well, you know where I'm going with this? It, that, <laughs> so. that has always been, if a third-party candidate does well, they're right. always blamed for ruining the election because like Ross Perot, right? right? You take right. away votes from the conservative or if you take away votes from the liberal side, that ultimately the liberal candidate won't win or the conservative candidate won't win from the two parties right. because they lost right. a lot of votes. So yeah, I, I actually just talked about this in the Titanic episode that I just posted yesterday. But yet I think where, most Americans identify with that middle of the road. Sure, yeah. I really, really, but, really do. It's, but people feel trapped. Like they have they, they, they have are, to vote yes. for the lesser of two evils, somebody they don't yep. want, because right. otherwise the other guy, the greater of two evils, is going to get in. Right. You know? So right. it they vote out of fear, you know? And that's why, I mean, I liked a lot of the rhetoric and, and things Jill Stein said in the last election because she was like getting to this exact point. And she was like, Look at how bad things are getting the more you vote for the lesser of two evils. Isn't it about mm -hmm. time we actually vote for what we actually want out of a right. politician and what we want out of our government? And that right. was a big part of her message. And I was like, I am all for that. And um, but let me ask you a question. Now, let me, can I, may I ask you a question? Sure. Do you see, you say voting for the lesser of two evils. I, those of us who are really staunch, Trump supporters, um, you know, that, that, that support base that he has, I might, I most definitely do not feel like I'm voting for the yeah, lesser. I could see that. Right. I, I, you know, I, and that's, again, I think that's, what's a little bit different than, and that may be another reason why he rubs people the wrong way because those who love him absolutely love him. Um, and I think that's, I think he's had a stronger support base than other uh candidates in the past you know what i'm saying mm -hmm. um if we go back and look at previous elections i think you could definitely say voting for the lesser of two evils uh and I, and again i think there are still people like yourself who in this election and even in the 2016 they voted for the lesser of two evils but i also feel that there is a very strong base that Trump really has a very strong base that yeah, this has nothing so to do with the lesser of two evils. It, this is a, a vote against good and yeah, evil. I, evil. I so. think if you compare the Trump base with uh, the Biden base, people are not excited mm. about Biden overall. No, you know, they're not. No, they're not. They're and not. Uh, no. they're voting against Trump is what they're doing. They are. You or know? the idea of what Trump stands for or who they think he right, is. Right. So, or how the media has portrayed him because Again, I I just I feel like he's not gotten a fair shake whatsoever. And um, you you I said mean, you, you had a question in there for me. I don't but, even remember what it was. <laughs> well, <laughs> I I think the question. Let me, I'm guessing what the question was was were you going to ask me why I see him as the lesser of two evils? Was it something no, like that? No, that wasn't it. It's okay. okay. I don't remember. Well, <laughs> I did sorry. have a thought, though, about that. So okay. to, even though if that wasn't the question, what I was thinking was you were asking, or uh, I was saying in 2016, I saw him as the lesser of two evils because mm. I didn't. I still didn't vote for him. But right. 
here's the thing. I liked Jill Stein, so I voted for Jill Stein. You know, mm. Trump, right. at that time, I saw the media's depiction of Trump, and I bought right. that. I bought that. I right. saw all the hit pieces. I saw all of the stories and all the stuff. Sure, Trump is a millionaire, but he's corrupt, and he's ripped right. people off. And I saw that. It seemed believable to me. It seemed very realistic right. to me. And he's very pompous. He's very arrogant. I don't typically like pompous, arrogant, loudmouth people in general. Um, All of that was enough for me to not vote for him. Okay. Right. And forget about Hillary Clinton. There's no way on God's green earth I would ever vote for Hillary Clinton. So that, that (laughs) I was, I never even considered that, but, but that was enough for me to not vote for Trump the last election. Now, fast forward four years, there is no Jill Stein. I actually just listened to Joe Jorgensen, the the libertarian candidate the other right. day, and I was kind of like, right. eh, eh. Right. I wasn't too keen on some of the things she was talking about. Right. Factor in also the fact that I've seen more of what Trump's all about, and I've seen over time the media twisting and their depiction of him and how they yep, misrepresent yep. him. And now yep. I've come to the point where I might not come out and say, like, yeah, I'm all for Trump. I'm, a, I'm on the Trump train. I am... I'm a Trump lover. I, you know, I might not go as so far as you, but I definitely feel when I, this is how I like to put it. Like when I look at the future of America, if Biden gets elected in a few weeks, Mm. I feel scary, nervous for the direction of the country and also my personal life in this country. Yeah. And I mean, I'm talking mandatory, uh, I'm talking face mask mandates, and, yep. and more importantly, I'm talking mandatory vaccines. Yep. I'm talking, I don't want any of that. Like, I feel like, I didn't really say this explicitly earlier, but my whole thing is like, I don't like to put too much faith in people and in individuals. Right. I would rather have faith in my principles, you know? And I wish mm-hmm. more people, if I could get into a conversation or a debate with people, I, I would rather ask, what are your principles? Like, what do you stand for? Right. Like, what's right. important to you? What do you value? Right. Because I can answer those questions. And I feel like a lot of other people are just like, well, I hate Trump. And I'm like, okay, I get that you but, hate Trump, but that's not a value. You know, correct. That's not telling correct. me anything about what you want. And that's and where I think we have more common ground than people realize. That's you the mean the left and the right? Yes, absolutely. I think we we all have more common ground because if we actually if we actually talked about these talk, values and correct. These okay. Correct. 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 Yeah. No, I agree. I absolutely agree. And we we should be as Americans, as individuals, um, we should be looking at what are our principles. And really, at the end of the day, allowing that to to help us focus on what's really going to be the most important, not only for us and for our family and our community, but for as America as a whole. And again, that's where I just feel like he has been given a really, really, really bad shake and and never really given a chance for people to see, you know, if we could take his heart out, his his emotional heart, his his, um, you know, if we could take that out and dissect it and open it up. I really do believe at the end of the day that he is a man that really cares about the American people and just really wants what's best for us. And for this country so that people can be successful. Um, 
you know, so that we can, that things are done the right way and not this crazy bureaucratic red tape ways, you know, and, and I just, who as an American, we don't, why wouldn't we want that? <laughs> you know, why? I don't know. I, I don't, I don't understand. Well, I also think whole, people are brainwashed. So they are, they I are. Think, I think people they're, don't they're even brainwashed know. To think that, that, you know, they need the government and yeah, yeah. Um, they need what the government's going to give to them. And, right. Um, and it's sad. And again, that goes back to how are we educating our kids? How are, you know, how are kids learning? What are they learning about history? Um, what are they really learning about, you know, the political system? And, um, you know, it's as much as I have hope for, for the future and I have hope for what this country can be, it also does, there are moments where you, you do get sad, you know, because, where did we get so far off track? You know what I mean? As yeah. a country, as a whole, because I mean, we're, I think America has really truly become a laughing stock around, you know, they Americans, we don't have the, we don't hold the respect that we used to. And a lot of people again, would blame that solely on Trump. Trump. Yeah. I know. Well, well, that's what the media wants us to believe. I don't know. You know, it's interesting. Um, lately I've been noticing on social media and I don't know if you've seen this, I've been seeing more and more people um, from other countries. I've seen quite a few Africans represented where they're speaking up in defense of him. And now I'm seeing this a lot on um, like different news articles and things like that. So, you know, like say Fox News puts an article up or something like that. And I always go into the comments. Mm -hmm. I always want to read yeah. what people are thinking and feeling. Me and too. then, I, and then I kind of choose whether I want to <laughs> get into this battle or not. <laughs> right. um, and believe it or not, many times I don't many, right. many, many times I don't get into the battle. Um, but it's interesting lately. I have been seeing an upswing of people. Like I said, a lot of Africans I've seen some Asian countries, and, you know, and people who are on the far left, and it's obvious that they're Biden supporters, mm -hmm. absolutely rip those people apart, you know, and tell them, mind their own business. What do you know? You're not American and so on and so on. But yet these people bring a really valid point and they, you know, people don't want to hear that maybe he is more respected than people let on um, or that the media has let us believe. Maybe he's not as hated as as we think he is. So, you know, I just, it's hard to pinpoint. It's hard to pinpoint it's very hard. exactly what it's is the very pulse. Hard. What is the temperature? It's very hard. It's very hard. And that's where it's very important that people really do their own research yeah. and be willing to listen to both sides. Yeah. There's many times, I mean, as much as it makes me cringe, <laughs> there's many times when I'll turn on, you know, the CNN or MN, MSNBC or things like that, because I want to see, I want to hear what they're saying. Right. I want to know what they're thinking. I want to know what lies they made. Did you happen spirit. to see that interview between Wolf Blitzer and uh, Nancy Pelosi the other day? I saw, I saw uh, clips of it. Yeah. I saw clips when she came absolutely unglued. I was yeah. shocked. I have to be honest. I was very, very, very shocked. Yeah. And it's not about me. It's about millions of Americans who can't put food on the table, who can't pay the rent, and we represent them. And we represent them. Getting by these long food lines that we're seeing. Them. I know we you know are. Them. I'm, I'm just we saying. We represent them, and we know them. As we, we say, we know them. We represent them. Don't let yes. the perfect be the enemy of the good, as they say. It is here nowhere in near perfect. 
Madam Speaker. Always the case, but we're not even close to the good. All right, let's see what happens because every day is critically, critically important. I could not believe that Wolf went in like that. I know, (laughs) but I've been noticing a couple little things like this. There was a Jake Tapper. I saw another clip of him, another CNN guy, and he he was saying something that was actually sensible. Yep. And yep. Ch- challenging Biden and Harris. And I was like, wow. It's interesting. You know, it's like, I feel like you can see, only withhold the truth if, so if much. If the wolf blitzer, you, well, very true. And, but it makes me wonder, though, if, if the wolf blitzers of the world, if they're kind of that, like I said, as I referred back to the older generation in my family, you know, they're an older demo, uh, Democrat. And right. this newer left, this newer liberal, it's a whole different machine than yeah. what it was, you know, 15, 20, 30, 40 years ago. Um, and unfortunately, I, it's a scary one. You know, the AOCs and I think all of her little clan. and It's pretty deep, too, because I think they've is. been programmed for decades now, from a very yes. young age. So you have a yes. new generation of yes. leftists who they – They've been taught. I mean, obviously, we know like these kids who go to college now. It's like they're they're pushing them off the deep end. You know, they're, they are. They're you're not allowed to think for yourself. You're not allowed right. to have your own views. You're not allowed to right. question things. You're right. just taught like, okay, yeah, uh, the patriarchy, and uh, you know, all black people are victims, right. and 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 this is stuff taught at colleges and and, and feminist you know agendas and. And there's no such thing as gender. And it's like they, people, they're picking and choosing science, you know, and right, when it suits right. them. And then other times they just throw science completely out the window. It's like, yep. but this is deep. Like it runs deep. It is very deep. And, and you're right. It's very scary because if that's who takes over in this country, yeah. Americans are in for a rude awakening, yeah. a very rude, like you said, mass mandates, mandatory vaccinations, Things like that, our basic rights, our rights that we have been taking for granted for generation after generation after generation. And I I think it's interesting because I feel like this pandemic um, now, and I have been, I have, and I am not trying to be insensitive. I have referred to it as a scandemic (laughs) on more than one occasion. I prefer (laughs) pandemic to stand up. Pandemic. Okay. That's a better way. Yes. Because I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to take away from the pain in the heart of people who have lost family members, you know, or they themselves have been very sick and whatever. But, um, (laughs) I just, that was such a glimpse and it's like America, wake up, wake up. Is yeah. this really what we want for this country that our, our toilet paper is being rationed? Um, yeah. even to this day, you know, we just recently moved, um, we're one County over <laughs> not even 20, 30 minutes from where we lived before, but it's a very big difference politically. Um, we have definitely moved to Trump land. It's probably one of the okay. very few small, communities within Maryland, because Maryland's a blue state, you know, but it's definitely within one of the smaller communities. It's very, uh, do you think there's any chance Maryland would go red or no? That's a very good cha- uh, question. And it's funny. I was talking about that with somebody. Um, yes, I do believe it or not. Yes, I do. It's possible. Um, it's possible. 
And it's, it's that, that's another whole podcast (laughs) because it's a very complicated, multi-layered onion. Um, we do have a quote unquote, I'm, I'm doing air quotes for the audience that can't see. Um, we do have a Republican governor, if that's what you want to call him. <laughs> Those of us that are conservative don't necessarily believe that anymore. Mm. Um, what, what's his name? Um, Hogan, Governor Hogan. Hogan. And okay. he, he's been he's been in the national news because he is not a fan of Trump. In fact, there was a big national story recently. You may have seen it where supposedly he wrote in Reagan. He, he in his vote, he actually wrote in Reagan. <laughs> so, oh my God! For um, this election, yeah. yeah. I, you know what? I don't even know because I my my blood was boiling when I saw that. I believe it was for. <laughs> I don't know if it was for the primary. I don't know what it was, but I know that he wrote in Reagan. <laughs> so I've seen it on multiple news sources. It's been floating wow. around. Like I said, I haven't because I have a lot of frustration with him in what he's done with this state during the um, pandemic and. Um, but with that being said, because so many people on the left, they, they've appreciated what he's done. They agree with what he's done. They've bought into what he's done. It's a good chance that there's people that that could actually help those of us on the right in pulling them over. Um, because yeah, but, they he's see a, as, but he's a never Trumper though, right? He, uh, yeah, definitely. So even if they definitely. converted over to Republican, they might share his, his views of right. being against Trump though. True. True. Yes. Yes. And no, I don't know. It's, this is a really complicated state. Like I said, yeah. it's, it's a, it's a tough, I don't know. I, yeah. I, I don't even know. I don't even know how to say it, but I think that there, you know, Baltimore is, um, there's a lot of contention around Baltimore and we have a, a young woman who's running. Um, and I, God forgive me. I can't remember Wait, her name. I know it's with Kim. the, the K K name. Yes. Yeah. Yes. She yes, won, yes. right? Didn't she win in Baltimore? I don't, I don't know. I okay. honestly, I, I don't know. I'll have to ask Jeff. I, I, like I said, I don't really follow. I thought I heard that she won something or, I don't know. Maybe, maybe it was just a, she did. Maybe it was just a primary or something like that. I don't know. Yeah, I think it was the primary. Yeah, because <clears> I don't think. Yeah, I don't think I, she won't. We won't know until the general election. Okay, but okay. anyway, um, yeah. So just you know, she's really, really, really battling hard for for the city of Baltimore, and um, you know, she is an African American woman, and she's a beautiful young woman, well-spoken. Nobody can deny that she's educated, well-spoken, knows her business, knows what she's talking about. And, but yet she's conservative. And I will say this, I think that, you know, there are some people, I think within the African American community, there's a lot of people who are waking up and saying, well, wait a minute, what has the democratic party really done for us? Look at the state of our cities. Look at, you know what I mean? Look at, Mm Look at the corruption. Look at how the poverty that we're still in. And, you know, and so I, you know, like I said, I think yeah. Maryland's one. On this point, I wanted to make this point. Um, I want to say here before I forget, but I thought about the issue of police brutality, right? Mm, and what I would, be, yeah. in, what I'd be interested to do is actually to look up the statistics because if during Obama Biden, if you look at the amount of police shootings of blacks and look at all that data, right. look at those numbers, and then compare it with the numbers under Trump, 
Right. I'd be really curious to see those numbers because yeah, if I would too. my suspicion is that they're probably about the same, mm-hmm. despite all of the outrage this year with George Floyd and all that stuff. If you look at the numbers, I feel like, you know, there probably hasn't been uh, that much improvement or it hasn't gotten worse. Right. But if right. that's the case, you can throw out that entire issue for vote in terms of voting on that voting. issue in the election. Correct. Because Biden in the last time, if he didn't fix it, and if you're right. if Trump is president and he didn't fix it, okay, right. you may as well. I mean, if that's a hot button issue for you, I'm not saying you, but like, you know, liberals and whoever. In general, right, right. You may as well throw that out because Biden didn't do anything to solve it and Obama. So right. you can sit there and point your finger at Trump, but by electing Biden again, I it's don't like, understand how you can, though, because this is a problem that we've had. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, these are Democrat run cities, you know. Right. So, and this right. is where a lot of the, the crime and the, Yep. police violence are happening, you know. Correct. Correct. Yeah. Well, it's just, I don't know. It's it's going to be very interesting. States like Maryland are definitely one that nothing would surprise me, um, you know. And I think there are a lot of people. I, I feel that there's a lot of people of all backgrounds. Um, I think there's a lot of shifting that's taking place. And I think a lot of people are waking up. And saying, wait a minute, <laughs> this is just, you know, this is, this is crazy. This is crazy what we've gotten to. And, um, and if we don't wake up and we don't say that and we don't start, we're really, we're going to implode. <laughs> America's yeah. going to implode on itself. And so, yeah, we've really got to get to a place where um, the re- left can talk to the right and the right can talk to the left and we somehow meet in the middle. Um, but Unfortunately, I think that this far extreme left that we have, you know, these 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 progressives, these people like the AOCs and and her little pack and her gang, um, you know, I just unfortunately, I I don't know. I it's there's moments when I'm like, oh, it's hopeless. <laughs> I don't know, you know. Yeah. And unfortunately, with big tech controlling um, social media the way they are yep. and the media and but, you know, at what point as Americans are we just going to put our foot down and yeah. say, look, you know, this is not what our this is not what our founding fathers wanted for us. So I, I just hope more people um, see things that way. And, you know, it's going to be interesting. Election night's going to be interesting. I really do believe Trump's going to win with the landslide. I really do. I still believe that there's a lot of people that are afraid to speak up. I think there is still that silent majority. Yeah. Um, and I don't know, you know, I, I, it's going to be, if it's going to be interesting the next four years, because are they going to finally back off and let him do the things that he wants and needs to do? We've got to have some sort of healthcare reform in this country. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's, there's a lot of healthcare reform, there. campaign finance reform, yes, uh, yes. Term, term limits, limits. Yeah, um, exactly. You know, bringing troops back home. Yeah. Um, Those are all so many very things. important things and things that could have been done, but you know, we were too busy chasing after, you know, Russia, Russia, Russia. <laughs> right. And all these other things that unfortunately has, you know, had to pull his attention away. And it's amazing what he has accomplished. I, I don't think anybody can deny that that man is a workhorse. So, yeah. you know, even he in has having, a lot of energy. Yeah, he, he does <laughs> for a man, his age <laughs> yeah. and 
Um, he just, he really does have a lot of energy. So I, you know, it's going to be really interesting, Jay, to see what happens, but I'm, you know, I'm concerned for America. I, I, if, if, if we have a Biden white house, I, all I can say is God help us. You know, it's, it's, um, it's going to be scary and people better hold on tight because I think this pandemic, like I said, I think that was a glimpse of some really rough times to come. And, and see, that's the other thing. We're still not out of that. We still don't even really know what's going to take place now that we're entering into the colder season again. You know, there, Mm -hmm. I see a lot of, I see a lot of the liberal media. I haven't seen so much as, the more conservative media, but I have definitely seen the liberal media and I don't know if they're just, you know, trying to put gas on the fire, but, you know, I, I see about them talking about this next wave that's coming and, you know, they're anticipating that it's going to be a really bad season because of the flu and, you know, and all of this and just the complications that's going to come with it. So, you know, I would not be surprised. I really wouldn't if we do see some shutdowns again. And yeah, I'm already and worried. God, like, I'm already assuming Halloween, right. Thanksgiving, Christmas, New yeah. Year's Eve celebrations, all canceled. Yeah. All shut down. Canceled. It, it really is. I was in the mall today with my daughter, and um, we went to the food court, which, of course, you can't sit down. You can't sit anywhere. Wow. They have everything roped off. Um, you know, we're wearing our mandatory masks, mm. and um, she wanted to get some ice cream and I was like, well, I'm kind of hungry. I'd like to eat, but then what's the point? You'd have to go sit in your car and eat it mm-hmm. or take it home. And well, anyway, we were, I was looking around and this is, um, a, a mall that's in a very affluent area. It's an affluent County. It's in Montgomery County. It's in the Bethesda area. It's referred to as Montgomery mall and every other space within the food court. And this is a beautiful food court. This isn't like your run of the mill you know, mall down the street. This is a beautiful, beautiful food court, very modern, you know, obviously lots of money was put into this. Every other vendor space was shut down. Mm. Um, and I, you know, I said to somebody who was with us, I just said, what's this about? I'm like, have they gone out of business? That's scary. That's really, really, really scary, Jay. Mm. You know, um, is it that they can't find workers? Because I know that's a problem that we've been having. People don't want to work. They're still getting unemployment. Um, Mm -hmm. So being able to find people who actually want to work that are not afraid to work has been nearly impossible. And that's killing us as a small business because we've been a small business that from day one has been able to be open. But we've struggled because we can't keep up with the demand because we don't have the staff. We don't have the help. And so, you know, we're right there along struggling with all the other businesses that can't be open. So it's it's a really it's a really weird scenario. But, you know, I well, you should take comfort in knowing that Amazon is doing really well. Well, exactly. Yeah. Jeff Bezos cashing in. That should you know, you should be able to sleep well at night night on that one. Exactly. Well, again, that's that's where as Americans, we should follow that money trail. And, you know, that makes me think maybe I am a conspiracy theorist because, (laughs) you know, it's just it's interesting. Hmm. It's interesting how those people have done phenomenal. Mm -hmm. And um, I mean, conspiracy theorist is a term that's it's just thrown around so lightly and it just instantly demonizes people. But I'm like. You don't, you can throw labels on me or whatever. I just operate by a basic principle of like, just follow the money. 
follow the money. Right. You know? Yeah. If you yep. want to call me yep. a conspiracy theorist, fine. Go ahead and insult fine. me right. or whatever. But like, how about you just follow the money? You know, the same right. way I look at data, I look at science, I look at numbers. Yep. And I kind of, I'm not anti-science. But we're, we could go down a whole road here oh, getting into the yeah, pandemic. That's a rabbit and hole that, the yeah, pandemic no, I and, agree. You know, I the agree. left feeling like they own science and the, the, anything divergent from what they dictate is somehow anti-science or whatever. And Right. But we, I'm going to cut us off there. I was going to ask you as a concluding question, your prediction uh, for the election, but you already jumped the gun. Yeah, and, and I did. There, so, well, I um, will say it again. I do believe it's going to be a red wave. I really do. Yeah. Um, I would be, I would be shocked. Hey, I could very well be wrong. You know, I, (laughs) nothing surprises me today at 44 years old. Nothing surprises me. Um, I could very well be wrong, but I don't think so. My gut instinct says that there is a, a very silent majority. I think a lot of people are afraid to speak up. Um, there's not a lot of me's Jay out there. There's not. Um, how do you mean? I have. Well, meaning there's not know, a lot like of Lydia's it, out there. No, there, well, <laughs> you mean like outspoken <laughs> conservatives, outspoken politically. Are, yeah. Okay. I really don't think there are a lot. Um, and I've almost kind of made it my mission, you know, I, and I'm going to use this example and you, I know you'll understand it coming from a Christian background, you know, as a Christian, we talk about witnessing to people and bringing people to the Lord and, you know, bringing them to salvation, um, which I, you know, try in my, my life to do. And as much as I post political, I always post spiritual things and, and, you know, my belief in Jesus and, and who, um, who the Lord is in my life. But I also feel like I have a a calling and my calling is that I do try to, to challenge people and I try to make them think and, and, um, maybe irritate them to the enough that maybe they go and investigate and, <laughs> and maybe see for themselves that there is a different side. And I will say this, I, you know, my husband always says, why do you do this? And I think I started to talk on this before. And then I got to sidetracked. You know, when I said, I have that look, he says, I have a look on mm-hmm. my face. He can tell us when I post something that's going to be really controversial. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know what I I've done it with, if I can make one person think and feel different or, or see that there's a different side. And, um, I'm happy to report with this particular election and really more with the pandemic, there is one young lady in my life, a young woman, and, um, she's relative of, uh, one of my son's coaches and she and I have had amazing conversations. She is African-American, um, has always been a Democrat, has, you know, always voted liberal and really still has mainly liberal tendencies and leanings. Mm-hmm. Um, but she has kind of woken up and seen, wow, <laughs> you know, we're not really giving this guy a fair shake or wow, hmm. you know, what is this pandemic really about? You know, what yeah. what is this really about? Is this just, you know, some virus that just happened chance to come over here. And, you know, it's really kind of woken her up that she's starting to ask some tough questions and, and she's really starting to see some things differently. Now, at the end of the day, I can't say, oh, she's going to vote for Trump or, and, and you know what, that's not even what it's about. 
I'm just happy that I've challenged her enough Mm -hmm. that she started to ask questions and really look into things. And I think if more people did that, I think the answers are out there to be found. Um, I mean, I've seen it in your own life. Like you said, you know, you, you, for a period of time, you went to the, to the left and now you've kind of come back full circle and you're leaning more to the right, you know, you're, you're a little off center to the right. And, um, I don't know. I just, that's my, my thing in life. And I hope that my social posts and my Instagram posts and my Facebook and my Twitter feeds and things like that, that I can just bring some awareness that, you know what, I don't think we as Americans at the end of the day are as different as we think we are. You know, we all have struggles. We all have families that we love. We have families that we need to support and, and we're all Americans. And I think we all really love this country, no matter what the media tells us of how horrible it is, because it's not. We have a lot of freedom here. And if people ever really were to travel overseas or even down into Central and South America and, and even countries like India, you can see firsthand how blessed we really are to have what we have in this country. And we, we shouldn't take it for granted. So, But I do believe Trump is going to win. I really do. So that's what my gut says. I hope I'm right. <laughs> um, yeah, I I have a similar feeling. I also hope I'm right. I do think so. I, I could yeah. be wrong. I, could, I think there's we just could a lot of people wrong, who are but, afraid. There's a lot yeah. of people who don't, are not like me. They don't want to talk about it. They don't want to yeah. be associated with it. Right. Um, and that's okay. That's yeah. that's their that's their right in life. That's their that hey it's a free world. It's a free country. So you have that right. You know, you can love him in your house and, and never let another soul know that's your right. But I think there are a lot of people who really do support him and really do see him for what I feel he is. And that he just really wants to get some things straight here. And he really wants to shake up DC and get the Nancy Pelosi's and, and all of that crew out. And, yeah. and we need to, we really need to, yeah. you know, even if you are liberal, I mean, there's some, there's some people that you have to be able to say, you can look at and say, yeah. Oh God, I mean, come, on. <laughs> right. come on, come on, Nancy yeah. Pelosi. She needs to exit stage left. Yeah. Now. It's, it's time to go. Take, so, take your millions and, and go back to your just, mansion with your yeah, uh, ice cream, Jenny's ice cream, or yeah. and, you know, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right. exactly. You know, but Anyway, so All right. we'll we'll see. Well, Jay, thank you for having me, and I hope I haven't offended anybody. You know, oh, like that's I impossible. Say. It's impossible not <laughs> to offend somebody these days. Somebody, I know. But, you know, well, you got a voice. Want, you got to have a voice. You got to say what's on your you mind. You do, I, and I, well, I, li- I, I love this people. as a platform. Comes, you know, I do too, and I want to reassure people. It comes from a place of love. I'm not a malicious person. Um, I can be a ferocious businesswoman when I need to be, but. I'm actually a really kind person and I love everybody and, um, you know, I want what's best for everybody and, and for their family and, and stuff. So, you know, I, again, I hope I haven't offended anybody, but I'm sorry if I did, but I still stand by what I said and, um, let's start talking. People need to just, we need to do this more. And, um, yeah. you know, if you ever want to have people from the far left, I'd love to be on, I'd love to talk with them. I would love that. So, I've, I mean, I've had such a range that would of be guests. A lot of fun. I've had such a range of guests on. I've, I've been thinking about combinations where, I mean, I haven't done Round it table. Te- technically. <laughs> I don't know how I would do it. I would have to figure out a solution, but 
I would love to have a, a liberal. A maybe Democrat, we really we all, need to. Uh, maybe we need to really do a table where we sit and we're dining wow. and we're wow. talking. And oh, I now love you're it. dreaming in 2020. People <laughs> sitting around at a table together without wearing masks. You know what though? <laughs> I am of the belief to dream something so big. Now this is my belief: dream something so big that without God, it would be impossible. So to me, dream it, go <laughs> for it. Let's do it. Let's make it happen. So anyway, well, Jay, thank you again so much. This has been a a lot of fun and um, I'm sure we'll be going back and forth. Yeah, we'll see what happens election night and election day. Do you um, have any parties or any gatherings or social distancing, anything planned? We're making a party of it and um, either way that it goes, you know what I mean? I think any way you look at it, it's. It's a historical yeah, event. Yeah, it and is, right. It's an important night. So, yeah. Well, that's uh, uh, you got me thinking. I, maybe I'll try to do like a Zoom party or have a multi-screen thing and get some That people. would be really cool. Yeah, yeah. I'll, yeah. I'll look into that. I'll look into okay. that. Okay, well, you're the tech guy, so yeah. you come up with something really cool. I will say this. I want to put one plug out there. Yep regardless of what side of the aisle you're on. And I made this, uh, and I'm going to start doing it more. I've just been kind of busy in our own personal life, but I, I really feel strongly about this on Apple TV. So if you have an iPhone, if you have an iPad, you can get it, you can rent it. I guess it's through iTunes. I'm assuming it's 499 Trump card, regardless how you think of him, regardless what side of the aisle you're on, I implore you to give it a try and watch. It's really not so much about Trump as it is the history of this country and things, how things were founded and some of the belief systems that we think we know and some of them that we think we know, but we really don't know. Um, It was extremely well done. And I just want to give that little plug. I'm not making any money off of this. I don't know anybody who made this film, but I was very, very, very highly impressed with it as was other members of my family and some friends. So Trump card, it's $4.99. Find me on social media. If you are on the left and you hate Trump and you're hesitant in watching it, I will cash app you. I will Venmo you. I will zell you the $5 <laughs> to watch it. I'm really serious. It yeah. was really well. It was very well done. And, um, and maybe you don't lean so left as much as you think you do. So when you really see the core of some stuff, so it was very interesting. So Trump card, like I said, you can watch it on Apple TV. You can get it four ninety nine, and Jay can tell you how to find me. I will pay you to watch it. Yep. <laughs> so yep. For- I made that offer. Nobody's taken me up on it yet, but I'm hoping somebody <laughs> will. So <laughs> well, anyway, yep. for everybody out there, just email me at podcast at introversion dot com, and I will get you in touch with Lydia if. Uh, if you're interested in taking her up on our offer, or if you just want to get in touch and continue this conversation, I'm sure she'd be up for sort of debating and dialogue in, of a, course. in a polite I, way. I, so, I love dialogue. Yeah. yeah. And uh, Lydia, yeah, it's been great having you on here. And I would love to have you back on at some point. I, I think I'm kind of doing that right now. I'm having certain friends on before the election. And right. it's going to be quite a follow up, you know, like a month or two from now after the fact. Yeah, so it will be. Um, it will be. Let's look forward to that, if nothing else. Yes, exactly. Well, thank you again. And to everybody out in internet land, you know, I, I, I pray health and well-being to all the families. I know this has been a difficult time for everybody. And I just hope as Americans, we can dig deep and get through this and, and we will, and we will get through this. I think we're going to, we're going to land on our feet. Hopefully we will. 
So anyway, all right. Well, all right. thank you so much, Jay, again, for having me. And let's talk soon. Yep. All right. Hey, you. Yes, you. I just wanted to say thanks for listening. If you've enjoyed this episode and would like to hear more, hit that subscribe button on whatever platform you're currently listening on. That way you can obviously get notified as soon as new episodes arrive. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please leave a five-star rating and consider writing a brief review. It just takes a second and it really helps in order to get this podcast ranking higher so that more people can discover it. And the better this podcast is doing, the more prominent guests we can get on the show and also the more time I can devote to it, which means more episodes and better episodes. And speaking of better episodes, what would you like to see more of on the show? Are there specific topics you'd love to see covered? Do you have thoughts of your own on the subjects discussed today? I'd love to hear from you. Just shoot an email to podcast at introversion.com. Or you can reach out to me on social media. I'm Jay Caslow on pretty much every platform, Twitter, Instagram, and the rest. And last but not least, if you've been enjoying listening to the podcast and also checking out the daily blog at introversion.com, I invite you to visit patreon.com slash introversion, where you can become an official introversion patron for as little as $3 a month. That's literally 10 cents a day. Anyway, just consider it. Otherwise, just click like, share this podcast with friends and family who you think would enjoy it. It's 2020, so be safe out there. And yet, go live your life. I know that's kind of a paradox, but we'll figure this out one way or another. Anyway, have a good one. Until next time.